0: Greetings, everybody. Malcolm Teasdale back with you, also known as the travel addict. Yes, it's been a while since I did an episode about travel, but the election is over. Well, sort of. The Covid episode seems to be ongoing and will be at least until the end of the year. So, like many of you, I am just looking forward to the year 2021. We'll write this year off. Not much has happened. Unfortunately, just a waste of a year in my mind at least. So, coming back with you, and Today, I'm going to talk about one of the wonders of the world. It exists in India. You may have heard about this place. It's called the Taj Mahal. Actually, it is in Agra, India, just about four-hour drive from the city of Delhi. It's a wonderful building. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it because once I describe this, You may want to go there yourself if you haven't been there already. It is still one of the seven wonders of the world, an absolute magnificent building. I was living in Singapore at the time, so it was only a five-hour flight. However, it did not arrive until about 11 at night. The peacefulness of traveling in business class on Singapore Airlines, which to me is the best airline in the world, was transformed to complete chaos as I walked into the arrivals hall at Delhi Airport. Now, somehow, I managed to find my hotel limo driver who was holding up a sign displayed with my name amongst hundreds of others doing the same thing. Well, we squeezed through the throngs of people to a designated pickup area where he told me to wait while he fetched the car. That area was so congested and disorganized with horns blazing continuously that I stood there and just laughed at the whole mess. There were heated verbal exchanges and the dent from the horn seemed excessive and unjustified, as impatient drivers extended abuse to any one block in the road or took too long to load luggage into their vehicle. Well, I waited there for about 30 minutes before my driver arrived, and he was unable to pull up to the curb, but indicated his presence by frantically waving from the middle of the street, where his car was stuck in the middle of a jam. I pulled my luggage through the trap vehicles, hitting a few on the way, and threw everything in the trunk. I jumped in the back seat, and we stayed put, until a gap appeared in the congestion, where my driver leaned out of his window and proceeded to wave and shout at everyone who could hear him and would bother to listen, to move out of the way. It was an opportunity to escape, and the driver was held bent on pushing his way into that space between the vehicles. Well, we finally made it out of the airport grounds and were on the way to the Intercontinental Hotel. The roads were poorly lit, so any sightseeing was out of the question en route. After about an hour, we finally made it to the hotel, a very decorative and upscale property it was, with comfortable and spacious rooms. It certainly did not give me a feeling that I was in India, with the exception of the immediate surrounding area just outside of the hotel, which was crowded with locals standing around doing nothing. The hotel staff were dressed very professionally, and there was even a dress code for customers who wished to drink and eat at any of the restaurants or bars. For my second night, I sat at the bar and ordered a Kingfisher beer, which is traditional in India. Above the bar with a television showing a cricket match serene Sri Lanka, and Australia. Now, the World Cup cricket tournament was currently in full swing. However, much to the dismay of the locals, India had already been eliminated from the competition by Sri Lanka. The bartender asked me who I was supporting in the current game. I immediately said, Sri Lanka, of course, which I realized after about one second that it was the wrong answer. I know that India and Sri Lanka are geographically close, So I assumed at the time that one would support the other against a team from another continent. The sarcastic comments and stares I received did not support that assumption. Anyway, I polished off my Kingfisher beer and headed for the Singh Sahib restaurant and enjoyed an authentic Indian meal, a bati de merk chicken roasted on an open fire. Bones were included at no extra charge. So for the first two days of my trip to India, I pretty much well rested in the hotel in preparation for the big trip. I didn't want to be going to Agra, India to view the Taj Mahal in a state of tiredness. But the day I did go, it was an early start for me. The coach picked me up at the hotel at about seven o'clock for the excursion to Agra, home of the Taj Mahal. The brochure made an issue of the fact it was an air-conditioned Volvo coach, as if to suggest that people might have reservations about a four-hour bus ride each way on something less comfortable. It was comfortable, even though there was no toilet on board, which I found unusual. Once we negotiated the congestion and chaos on the city streets during rush hour, we were on a two-lane highway to visit one of the seven wonders of the world. There was only about 20 people on the coach, so fortunately there was no one sitting next to me, which meant I was able to stretch out a little, especially as the seats did not recline much. After two hours, we stopped at a place called the Country Inn. It sounds sort of Americanized, doesn't it? This was to be our place for an early lunch and a nature break. It was strategically placed about well, almost exactly halfway between Delhi and the Taj Mahal, so any tour bus on the same itinerary as mine would actually stop there. It doubled as a motel. However, I could not see why anyone would stay there due to its isolated position, virtually in the middle of nowhere. As we exited the coach, there was a snake charmer in the parking lot. He was proud of his two Cobras, and for a few rupees, you could have your picture taken with them. At least that's what he was indicating, although I was hesitant to believe that such snakes could be tamed to the extent of having them wrapped around your neck and posing for a photograph. He also had one other pet on display, which was a hedgehog. It seemed out of place, as if a potential customer that was not brave enough to pose with a venomous snake had an alternative photo opportunity with a harmless spiky rodent. I passed it by, and headed for the restaurant. Now, one would think that because of its strategic position on a main thoroughfare to one of the great sites on the planet, it would cater to tourists in a profound manner. The restaurant was more like a prison canteen, in my opinion. There was a breakfast buffet, which really interested me when I found out but the food was sort of cold and aged. I took the safe route and made myself a couple of pieces of toast and brewed a cup of tea. Many of my fellow passengers just looked and walked away. There was a gift shop on the premise, but the souvenirs were basic and expensive, designed to take advantage of the tourists, which is commonplace around the world, I guess. I paid a visit to the restrooms that were in disrepair, as well as unclean, and very soon afterwards were happy to be back on the coach for the remaining two-hour journey. Finally, we arrived in the vicinity of the Taj Mahal where the driver parked the coach next to several others in an area reserved for tourist vehicles. We were told to reconvene in about three to four hours, and looking at the surrounding area, I knew for sure I would be back on the coach and ready to leave at that time. As we exited the coach, the hawkers were all over us, trying to sell t-shirts and other souvenirs. I knew they would be there when we returned, so the immediate task on hand was to walk to the entrance of the Taj Mahal grounds. To get there... I walked through a very small town that had a couple of restaurants and gift shops. Dissected the main street was a river that was grossly polluted. There was water flowing, but it was so engulfed in garbage and emanated a horrible stench that there was no time to stop and admire the scenery. During the walk, I was continuously badgered by street vendors trying to sell me cheap stuff. Finally, I made it to the entrance, paid my fee, found myself in a place of unbelievable beauty. From a distance, I stood back and took many photographs from different angles. Here is a little history about the Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal was commissioned by Shah Jahan in the year 1631 to be built in the memory of his wife, Mumtaz Mahal, who died on the 17th of June that year, while she was giving birth to their 14th child, who was named Guhara Begum. The construction started in 1632 and the mausoleum was completed in 1648 while the surrounding buildings and garden were finished 5 years later. The imperial court documenting Shah Jahan's grief after the death of Mumtaz Mahal illustrates a love story held as the inspiration for the Taj Mahal. The mausoleum was constructed using materials from all over India and Asia. It is believed over one thousand elephants were used to transport building materials. It took the efforts of twenty-two thousand labourers, including painters, embroidery artists and stone cutters to shape the mausoleum. Eventually the Taj Mahal was designated. As a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1983 for being the jewel of Muslim art in India and one of the universally admired masterpieces in the world's heritage. The intricate detail of the carvings and inlay work is unique. There is no other building like it on earth. Complementing the building the surrounding gardens are immaculately maintained, which makes it a real jewel amongst the rough areas. Although the grounds were occupied by throngs of tourists, there was an eerie peacefulness about the place. I walked around the gardens for a while, and then I approached the Taj Mahal itself. I removed my shoes, which is required in respect of this sacred ground, and climbed up a few steps and found myself fulfilling an ambition from many years ago. On closer inspection of how the structure was put together, I understood why it took so long to build. It was like a huge marble jigsaw puzzle with each piece having been carved to perfection and interlocked together. As the sun rays hit the marble, the light penetrated the stone and spawned off different colors. The four pillars at each corner of the building were built at such an angle that if there was an earthquake, they would fall away from the variable place. They thought about everything. Unfortunately, no one was allowed inside the building, which is probably a good thing, basically in an effort to preserve its beauty. I was walking around by myself, but on two or three occasions, I was approached for a photo shoot by strangers. They were Indians and wanted to have their photo taken next to me. I obliged, of course, and had the photographer use my camera to take a few pictures of me with my new found friends as well. It's a bit weird having your picture taken with people you have never met or will never meet again. Looking around the area, I figured out how the epic Yanni concert was filmed there, as recorded on the Tribute DVD. I spoke with a couple of tour guys who attended that concert, and they described it as being magical. Apparently, it wasn't easy to get permission to play there. However, when you actually listen to this piece of music, when I mean the tribute album, you can understand why, because the music absolutely encapsulates the place where it was played. It was initially recorded in the year 1997, but has been remastered since that. Now, the DVD actually shares itself with a concert at the Forbidden City in Beijing, China. So you've got sort of double the pleasure, if you wish. The music is still wonderful. So collectively, these two concerts on a single DV are absolutely beautiful. Go out and buy it. You'll find it on Amazon. With better planning, I've actually stayed in Agra overnight. There is a luxury hotel reasonably close by called the Oberoi Abba Villas. It's a five-star luxury hotel. It's staggering in itself. And you can have a room that overlooks the Taj Mahal from about a mile away. Anyway, if I get to go there again, that's probably one of the things I will do. No point in rushing, like go to the Taj Mahal twice in two days. Seems like a good idea to me. I'm not sure if things have changed, but the grounds are open from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. weekdays except for Fridays when the complex is actually open for prayers at the mosque between 12 noon and 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The complex is open for night viewing on the day of the full moon, including the two days before and the two days after, which excludes Fridays and the month of Ramadan. Seems like a lot of rules here, but being there on a full moon must be something really, really special. Foreign dignitaries often visit Taj Mahal on trips to India. Who's been there? Name a few. Dwight Eisenhower, Jackie Kennedy, Jimmy Carter, George Bush, George Harrison, Barack and Michelle Obama, Mark Zuckerberg, Vladimir Putin, Princess Diana, and Donald Trump, to name a few. Yes, it's a place to be seen, for sure. I suggest you add this to the bucket list before it gets too late. Actually, I wrote more details about my trip to the Taj Mahal and specifically the country of India in a book I wrote several years ago called Asia Specific, rhymed with Asia Pacific. The reason I did this is because I actually moved to the wonderful country of Singapore for me to be able to conduct business in that region of the world a lot easier without the time zone problem. So there was a chapter about my visit to Delhi, India. It's actually called The Trouble with India. But it was a business trip. However, my escapade to the Taj Mahal is included in this chapter in a lot more detail. It's definitely worth a read. Check it out either on my website, malcolmjteesdale.com, or you'll find it in all the good bookstores. Amazon, of course, has it. Asia-specific is the title. And uh, look at the book cover. It's a picture of, well, a cartoon picture of me on the cover paying a tuk-tuk driver. You'll know what I mean when you see it. Anyway, that's about all from me today. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed my little spiel about what are the wonders of the world. And I'll be speaking to you all again sooner rather than later. Bye for now.